Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. The pandemic has created seismic shifts in the ways businesses operate. Workplaces of the future are going to be very different from what had been imagined. In this special HR chat interview, part of a series looking ahead to the Rise Above virtual conference on November 12th and 13th, we consider how organizations are reinventing the HR operating model with workplace digitalization to address the priority. Our guest this time is Guren Ramanan. Guren's experience is envisioning and developing solutions to transform an organization's HR infrastructure and has been duly acknowledged by Niamo's customers and technology partners alike. He has led large-scale process consulting solution design, infrastructure setup, and transformation initiatives. Guren has managed several large-scale global delivery engagements across all major geographic regions. Guren, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Absolutely, Bill. Delighted to be here today. Thank you very much for having me on, on the show. Let's get into today's questions. Firstly, HR will be forced to adapt to the to the changing business landscape and redesign work culture and employee experience, of course. And this this involves embracing new technologies. In in your opinion, how do we bring about these critical changes? Yeah, you know, uh, Bill, I think uh, that's a very interesting question. The last six months, um, to put it mildly, have sort of turned the world entirely upside down for a lot of people, and especially HR, right? And if you step back for a second and think about what HR actually does um, to be able to engage um, employees, help people realize their true potential, ensure that they're able to attract talent, retain them within the organization, and, and basically get employees to be able to do their best when they're in the organization, right? The, the fundamentals have been changed, but the mechanics of how that is delivering is, is really becoming very different right now. I mean, in the office, you at least had walkabouts or you had sessions or you had people come together and have conversations and things like that. But now with everything getting virtual, uh, I, I think it is becoming a lot more personal, right? Conversations that were, um, you know, literally coffee side chats or, or, you know, cubicle chats have now become um, conference calls, right? So uh, with video, without video. So so the role of HR is, is, um, is fundamentally changing in terms of how they can create this engagement, right? And I think that is really where they need to look at equipping themselves to be able to handle this change, uh, not so much in what the outcomes are, but in the mechanics of how they get it done. Does, does that make sense, Bill? Yeah, it does. And I, I think it's been a, a learning journey for a lot of a lot of people. Um, in, in, from what what I've heard in my my discussions, uh, getting ready for remote working, future proofing your your company in in various ways to have more distributed networks, employees, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That was nothing new, right? It's just that the 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 pandemic of this year accelerated everything. Frankly, a lot of a lot of companies found that. They were standing there with, with their pants down, so to speak, and they weren't quite ready. So um, it's 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 been a heck of a year, and, and it's it's certainly forced an, an acceleration. Um, can you can you now paint a, uh, of, of your view of how multinationals are are adapting to this new normal? Then you touched on it a little bit. How, how do you see remote or touchless transitionings happening in an effective way in in this new environment? No, oh, I, I think, Bill, you said that nicely, right? No, nobody really, well, 
you can't plan for a pandemic in any in any case but uh, nobody even envisaged uh, a business continuity of this of this nature or this duration right um and and if you cannot sort of predict for it uh, or even prepare or plan for it then then what was inherently set up uh is is not suitable to do this whole piece remotely right and people are learning as they go along right um what used to be considered a high touch transition right someone sitting across the table and having a conversation or uh watching over someone's shoulder uh or learning from someone by by working together physically in a workspace has now gone completely uh, literally digital right um previously digital was a was a was a thing was a conversation right i mean how digital is your organization uh and and are you planning to take it further and along comes this um, this virus and then everything is now completely digital question is how far can you take it now with 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 everything being remote right right from um, the whole concept of physical paper or documentation or or you know uh, things that you're used to even simple things like a whiteboard that you draw now has gone completely digital right so um i still remember we when when this whole thing started somewhere around april we we had to do a transition um <laughs> oddly enough uh, it was it was a customer in china um and at that point they had a pandemic complete lockdown and so on and so forth and 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 this global customer saying well i don't think anybody can get in or out of china so how are we planning to do this um i mean at that point we prophetically said uh, you know maybe we'll just do the whole thing remotely uh, little did we realize that touchless transition was really how all transitions were going to be right? um regardless of whether they're sitting in uh, colombia china or australia uh, everybody is literally working uh, in their pajamas uh, from home so and 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 bringing that together it is now focusing on the bare essentials right of what is the process how can we get this documented how can we get this understood translated and transitioned so the emphasis is far more on the process and understanding and a lot of the cultural barriers are breaking down um as opposed to before uh, in terms of physical travel time zones and things like that so i think it is definitely uh moving towards um in almost in a one way direction uh towards touchless transitions that global organizations are looking at how they're getting their hr processes delivered a lot of organizations have found out that they 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 can continue to operate but maybe the employee experience isn't quite what it was before in in many instances uh you know the 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 information that one learns when they're sitting in an office and and gone through just through osmosis you know by sitting around other people and and hearing what they've got to say about about a particular process or strategy or uh an initiative within a company that that's all gone now it it, it, it we have to we have to make time to book in uh team calls and 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 we have to be much more mindful about these things going back to what you've seen the conversations that you've had around what's changed with employee experience over the last 6 7 months can you can you share how some of the clients that you work with are, are rethinking their hr strategy and are, are trying to maybe i don't know maybe they're trying to slow down or or switch up how they are how how they're instilling what the what the employer brand stands for and and how teams can work together 
Oh, absolutely. I, I really like the, the term you used, osmosis, right? I mean, when, when you have different people in, in the same office and you have conversations and you hear small pieces, a lot of non-verbal um, conversation, right, that, that was used to communicate is now gone. So everything that is stated um, has, to be, has to be a little clearer, a little more direct. Um, and, and, and with video, uh, Zoom fatigue is, is a thing now, right? I mean, people, uh, it is difficult to be able to sit and focus in, in, in a single uh, conversation or on being on video calls all day long uh, is, is a very different um, uh, option uh, or a very different uh, process even for a lot of people, right? Some people are just naturally camera shy. They're not comfortable. Uh, just putting themselves on camera. But when in, in the real world, when you interact, it's, it was very different. Now, people are forced to relook and examine uh, how they're, they're communicating with their coworkers, uh, with, with, with their HR teams, with their managers uh, in, in many different ways. Uh, I, I, and that's really why you see uh, Zooms, Teams, uh, pretty much any collaboration channel worth its salt is just multiplying, right? And and HR is truly finding newer ways to be able to engage uh, with people very differently virtually. Right? Um, just the other day, I, I was seeing on Google, uh, they had a bunch of um, uh, dancers, I think, uh, who would have normally come together to perform or things like that in, 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 the, in the San Fran office. Uh, now they just got together on, on Zoom and created a dance video. Someone edited it, put it together, and then they're shipping it off to the whole thing. Right? They're doing the same thing with an orchestra as well. So uh, they're, they're creating newer um, ways to engage. Uh, and, and I think this is far more personal, far more intense, uh, because it, it it's not momentary. right? So it's not just the same as doing it live and recording it, but it is putting pieces together more deliberately. And, and I think that is really changing the employee experience uh, around what they are seeing um, or, and, and around how they're interacting. Uh, the second part, I think, has also got a lot to do with the consumer experience, right? Now, with everybody at home, people are using their physical, their, their phones and their devices to do a lot more shopping, well, a lot more everything. Uh, and therefore, the term the consumer grade internet experience, right, or the consumer grade web experience has now literally uh, flown into everything, right? So nobody really went out too much to buy something physically from a shop. Uh, so the physical retail has taken a pretty serious beating and all of that has come to online. Right? And when consumers have a certain experience, their employees as well, they, they have a certain experience with certain platforms and they want to see the same in others, right? So the consumer grade experience that they want to see has now become uh, a far bigger imperative than it was before. They would put up with, with a slightly clunky system here or there, but now they're saying, hmm, why should it be this way and, and, and challenging it and asking and, and really helping organizations transform literally, uh, not just the, the way they do it, but even the platform that they're doing, uh, delivering services from. With the need to relook at organizational priorities now, it's important perhaps to, to choose a partner who can help you transform to a high impacting operating model. Um, how how do you see Niamo respond to that? What, what what's what's separating you from from others out there right now? How how have you guys been able to be more agile, perhaps, um, to to better understand change needs of, of clients and prospects? No, oh, um, Bill, I I think 
as an organization, Nemo has always been different from, from the get-go, right? Uh, both in terms of how we approach an HR solution. A traditional solution had always been a rip and replace and let's get rid of whatever you have and, and, and we'll put in place a new shiny platform. But we've never been that way. We've never looked at it as a, a you know, technology solves all problems, right? Uh, we always look at it as uh, the transformation has to be in the context of uh, of the customer, of the client, right? Uh, and, and that's why we find it always strange uh, that, that uh, when people have uh, HR benchmarks. Now, the benchmarks are very, very personalized, right? Because your, your cultural context, your uh, level of technology, the level of uh, adoption of self-service in your organization is very unlikely to be the same as any other organization, right? So then why would the same benchmarks apply to you? So what we've done is created benchmarks literally by tower that allow you to understand where you stand from your context, right? So if you have a couple of, if you have a, a good system of record from an HR perspective, but you don't have a platform for recruitment, then the metrics that you can potentially get to are different, right? And if someone is completely tech enabled, they've got all of the platforms and they're looking for a different service delivery model, then where they need to go is different. So we want to be able to work with clients by first helping get a sense of where they are in the entire ecosystem and then charting a journey for them. Uh, based on the tools that we can bring to bear uh, for their specific experience. So it is it is a very personalized um, journey uh, for, for each client. And we truly understand that. And that is really why we don't have a one size fit all, right? It's not one box that you just come in and everything magically works. So we want this to be able to work in your context, in, in your organization and help maximize the outcomes for you. As a result of the pandemic, there's been a catalyzation of, of um, human-first products. What, what, what does that mean to you in, 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 the, in the context of HR and the overall product ecosystem? Human-first products. I, I, I think uh, everybody always says that they put the employee at the, at the center or the heart of the experience. But now it has literally become that, right? Um, there, are, there are no more layers to sort of peel away. You have to be able to create products that uh, employees are willing to engage with, uh, work in, provide data, share information, get information. So, so it has truly become uh, human first uh, from, from, from a platform and an application perspective. And the second thing that has happened is that um, initially when there was so much news about um, the pandemic and people getting affected and so on and so forth, for, for a lot of different countries, it was statistics, right? So it was, it was something happening and they could see about it or see it in the newspaper or, or they saw it on the news. But now literally, virtually everyone has seen someone they know or their family or um, their, their close friends or their colleagues uh, go through the experience, right? So, and now it's suddenly come home, right? And therefore, the human first has now is no longer a slogan. It's it's real, right? When someone is afflicted with something like that, uh, you you tend to think about wellness. You tend to think about their safety, their their security, their emotional well-being uh, more than just as a colleague or as a as a as an HR person, right? Then you, you really start to put the human uh, part of the human resources equation up front before everything else. And I think that is really what uh, this pandemic has done for everybody. Do you think then that uh, the, the COVID crisis has 
I mean, it sounds to me like the answer is yes. Do you, do you think that the COVID crisis has caused leaders to reevaluate the way that they that they communicate with their employees uh, and and to maybe be to be a bit more human uh, to to understand the the day to day challenges uh, facing their, their employees, whether that's looking after their their children. Uh, while while schools are closed, or um, being able to have have human interactions when when they're working remotely, or the the, the stresses of worrying about elderly members of their family, do, do you think that there's been a big change over the course of the last six or seven months? And are we going to stay there, or inevitably are we going to go back to you know this more corporate attitude where? Where there's there's less emphasis on really caring about your people, and it's more lip service. Yeah, Bill. I, I, you know, I think in several respects, the pandemic has been probably one of the most incredibly leveling things that has happened to us. Right, um, especially in 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 a lot of different places where um, leaders of global um, corporations are, you know, almost seen as godlike figures and cult-like figures. Right, suddenly. They're the ones that have to run the laundry at home and, and they have to take the trash out and, and take care of the kids because nobody else is available. It suddenly created a very, very level playing field, right? And and uh, the probability that uh, someone's uh, child or dog walks into, into a meeting is now equally true for everybody. And, I, and, and therefore, I think it has become far more equal, far more level and a far more understanding um, ecosystem. Um, especially for leaders, because they uh, they no longer uh, you know have the luxury of being able to sit in their um, little library towers and, and look at the process to say why isn't it perfect? Because now a lot of things that they had taken for granted are now being taken away. Right? So I think it has been a great leveling experience uh, in that sense. Uh, and therefore, when you when you get on conference calls with some of the leaders and you know you you uh, see them. Uh, their hair is as messy as the rest of us and so on and so forth. Then it, it creates a lot more personable uh, experience, right? And, and you're talking to a person, you're not talking to a title, you're not talking to uh, a designation, a leader of that sort. So I think it definitely has been a, a materially um, leveling session uh, for everybody, creating a lot more empathy, right? Um, especially in, in, a, in, in a market like India, uh, where you have... Uh, a lot of uh, help available to do domestic work and suddenly that's taken away then it has created a lot more empathy for what actually happens in in, in real life and in their life and so on and so forth so i definitely think that uh, it has it definitely made an impact uh, to your second question will this all go away when things come to normal i somehow uh, the world always seems to have a reasonably short memory uh, for for things good or bad, right? So, and in due course, uh, you may you may forget the overall uh, thing that happened, but but the positive step forward that has happened around the empathy that has been created, or a better understanding for what it truly takes to do something like this, I think that will definitely make a difference in people's decisions. I hope so. I hope so. As terrible as this year has been. In, in some respects, it's brought out the best in us, um, and, and I hope some of those lessons, you know, stay for for the foreseeable future. Um, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical 
um, <laughs> my nature. But we'll, we'll see. Um, okay, we're coming towards the end of this interview already. Just the last couple of questions for you. Um, firstly, the, the question I guess is: is what else? What what, what additional support are, are your customers demanding uh, that, that they need help with to, to manage the stresses of twenty twenty? Uh, is there anything that you think is terribly important and and um, and we shouldn't forget about in in terms of you know having having a partner that, that really supports you through this troubling time? Oh, absolutely. I, I think uh, it initially started off with a lot of customers worrying about, oh, you guys are going to go remote. How, oh, is everything okay? How will it work? And to, to now, I think uh, I, I've actually had a lot more customers ask us about the well-being of our people, uh, ask after the teams that, that are supporting them, uh, and ask if they're doing okay, if their families are doing okay. So I, I, I think there's been a lot more concern uh, for the people uh, from from a customer delivery uh, perspective, uh, and 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 they begin to realize that uh, uh, you know it is not just uh, a service that is being provided. There are people behind it. So I think the, for for uh, the first time in, in a long time, there's been a lot of very genuine uh, empathy and and questions around the well-being of our teams and if they're doing all right and and how things are. So I think that is a that is a huge step uh, forward. And of course, it is extremely important because the kind of business that we're in um, from an HR delivery perspective or from a payroll delivery perspective, it is extremely important what we do uh, to make sure that people are paid correctly, uh, they're paid on time, um, and we don't have any challenges with that. Right? Because the last thing you want right now is is an incorrect paycheck or a delayed uh, anything. Right? The, 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 I mean... That's about the last thing you need right now. So uh, our teams are working extremely diligently, Bill, uh, to make sure that everything that that we do, which is is helping create positive journeys in in people's lives. So I think uh, they they take that very very seriously, and uh, it is delightful to see the the customers take uh, a lot more interest in in the in the physical well being of the teams that are that are supporting them. Awesome, thank you. And just finally for today, Guren, how, how can how can our listeners learn more about Niamo? How can they maybe sign up for Rise Above? And how, how can they connect with you personally? Is that through LinkedIn? Is that through Twitter? Are you one of these really cool dudes who's on TikTok? Uh, what, what are the best ways there? <laughs> I, I think I can answer the last one easily. Um, TikTok is banned in India, so no. I'm not on TikTok. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, I think if you search for uh, Gohan Ramnan on LinkedIn, uh, you'll find me. I'm unreasonably active on LinkedIn. Um, and so that's probably the best way to, to get a hold of me. Uh, just send me a message uh, or a request on LinkedIn, uh, and I'd be more than uh, happy to respond. And uh, if listeners are looking to uh, to get involved and attend the Rise Above event, uh, it's going to be in the show notes for for this episode and and on the articles associated with it and the other three interviews doing as part of this series. So you can get all that information there. Sign up. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the HR Gazette is a media partner of the event, so we really do think you should come along and join it virtually from the comfort of your your sofa in your pajamas if you wish. Uh, but that just leads me to say for today, Guren, thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. My pleasure, Bill. This has been this has been a delight, and thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.